Welcome to the Cyborg Repair Manual, where we discuss how to use digital devices as tools instead of distractions. In today's episode, we're going to dive into the answer to the question, what do I do with my time if I stop scrolling? Often, when people come to the NoSurf community asking for tips on how to browse less, the first question I ask them is, what do you want to do? Many say study more or be more productive. While I think some people can simply scroll less and grind more, we have to be aware of our emotional needs. We're not online for no reason. It's entertaining and stimulating us and often fulfilling social needs and definitely emotional ones. When thinking about what alternate activities to engage in, the more these activities meet our needs, the more likely we are to actually do them. In the paper, Behavioral Addiction versus Substance Addiction, Correspondence of Psychiatric and Psychological Views, researchers recommend that anyone with an impulsive internet problem do two things to recover and prevent relapse. They need to be aware of their behaviors and practice engaging in other activities, perhaps things they enjoyed before their preoccupation with the internet. Personally, I try to be aware of my behaviors by using mindfulness, but many people like to track their time spent on devices or journal about their tech use. But what about engaging in other activities? How do we do that? According to the American Addiction Center, if you don't know where to start when it comes to finding a new hobby, think about your strengths. Are you creative? Then maybe an artistic pursuit might be for you. Do you like solving problems? Then maybe learning some basic programming would be interesting. You can also take what you're currently doing online and use that for inspiration. Do you like to scroll through subreddits that teach you about random topics? Maybe you'd like to go to a trivia night or read an introductory nonfiction book about your favorite topic. If you are always on Instagram, maybe you would enjoy taking up photography. You don't even have to get off your device to find hobbies that will take your mind off scrolling. Some people prefer to do something with their hands, do something offline because they find it easier to stay focused. I would argue that with the right website blockers in place, if you wanted to learn Photoshop or programming or how to make YouTube videos, you could do that too. You might just have more slip ups, but slipping up and scrolling from time to time is totally human and normal. And when you're on this path, it's going to happen. But the longer you practice, the shorter these slip ups will become and the quicker you can get back on task. So now let's get into my recent hobby experiment. I had about a month off of school, and my goal was to find some things that would hold my attention other than scrolling. I had some hobbies I already knew I liked, but I wanted to do more and try some different things. I want to specify here that it's important to run experiments and try different hobbies before you commit to making them a habit. But once you know you like something, making it a habit is the best way to regularly do it. So I've been working on doing yoga every afternoon for a couple of months now, And it's just now starting to feel natural, and I actually look forward to it because my freaking shoulders are killing me because I'm so often slumped over a computer, so I need something to counterbalance that, and I'm just tapping into my intrinsic motivation and combining that with my discipline of just doing very small things at the same time every day and making it a habit. So because I was already working on the yoga habit, I didn't want to give myself another hobby habit to work on. So I treated the rest of my time off as an experiment and I was just going to play around with practicing different things that I could do instead of scrolling. So for all the ideas that I'm going to talk about, the way that I actually got myself to do them was to write everything on my to-do list and schedule it ahead of time. So I had a few things to do each day and 
I kept it at three to five items per day so I could get everything done and not feel overwhelmed. My first experiment was being extra when it came to Christmas gifts. I made custom name tags in calligraphy for everyone's gift bags. I know the holidays are over, but it doesn't need to be Christmas to give someone a gift with a handmade touch, or perhaps even completely handmade. It feels good to do something for someone else. According to a paper titled Happy to Help, a systematic review and meta-analysis of the effect of performing acts of kindness on the well-being of the actor, performing acts of kindness benefits the well-being of the person doing the kind act. So next time there's a birthday, holiday, or a random day that you're feeling generous, why not take the time to put a little heart into your gift? People really appreciate it. Like, people go crazy for a handmade gift. And it doesn't even have to be good, especially if they're, like, your grandma. Like, they're just going to love something that you made for them. So it's like a win-win. You make someone else happy and you make yourself happy. I ended up working on this project for 15-minute increments at a time as I find it practically impossible to focus for more than just short bursts. At this time, I also started using a done list in addition to my to-do list. I wrote out things as I did them, and that really improved my motivation to keep going because I put it on my whiteboard in my room so I could see it, and anytime I'm like feeling lazy, then I could look at my list of all the things I've done, and it just makes me motivated to do more. At this point, I noticed something that was derailing me. I kept getting distracted by Discord. So I was on a server that wasn't about anything useful, nor was I super close with anyone on there, so I left. Now I only go on three servers that aren't very active, so I can check Discord a few times a day and I get bored easily and do something else. On the second day of this experiment, I hit a low motivation day. I felt like I was never going to make it to the yoga mat, so I told myself I could do the poses while listening to a video. Not that I would ideally want to do that, because... If you're not focusing on your body and your breath, it's not really yoga, but I thought it's better than nothing. And once I got started, I actually got into it and I wanted to pay attention to what I was doing. So I turned the video off and it worked out better than expected. I use this strategy all the time. If I don't feel like doing something, I modify it to make it more exciting or more palatable. And it really breaks up the black and white, all or nothing thinking and gets me to just do things that I really don't feel like doing. On one of the days, I hosted a small get-together at my house. Let me tell you, if you're bored, host something. It takes so much time to deep clean your place and then actually hanging out lasts a few hours, and you don't even have to invite a lot of people or make things look fancy or have elaborate plans. I just invited over two people and we played board games the whole time. If you're thinking, I don't have anyone to ask over, um, it's okay. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't a couple years ago either. I had to put in a lot of effort. Um, it took me years to expand my social circle enough to have a few friends that I can meet up with or have over. I had to ask people to hang out and set up re- recurring events, like weekly or monthly events. That's just kind of the nature of adult friendships. They fizzle out if you don't see people regularly, so it takes a lot of effort to keep them going. I'm not trying to say that it's impossible because it does take a little bit of planning, a little bit of trial and error, a little bit of putting yourself out there. I'm just saying that it takes some intention. You have to be intentional with adult friends. And once I found that once you set up the reoccurring events where you're seeing people on a regular basis, you bond with them that way. And then if you fall off from doing that, then a lot of times you can pick back up with people that you haven't seen or talked to in years. But it just requires forming that initial bond, which is what takes the intention and putting yourself out there. But it's so worth it. 
And I also met a lot of people I know through support groups, anime conventions, and online. It's easier to put yourself out there when you have something in common with the people. And for me, it's easier to socialize with people who are kind of outsiders like myself. Even though I have social anxiety, conversation is one of my favorite things. So you'd be surprised how much fun socializing with the right people can be, even if you have a lot of anxiety around it. One of the days I also met up with another friend at a coffee shop. And well, actually, it was a tea shop. It's an adorable tea shop. And it's my favorite place. And it it felt so good to do something that got me out of the house and was just different than what I've been doing recently. So now let's discuss perhaps the most interesting activity I tried during this experiment. It's called therapeutic journaling. This is a scientific journal practice used to target trauma and improve overall mental health. In the description, I have a linked PDF about it from the VA.gov and the podcast episode by Andrew Huberman that I found out about this from. Instead of my usual stream of consciousness journaling or even the common diary type of journaling, this protocol has you write about the worst thing that's ever happened to you for 20 to 30 minutes at a time for four consecutive days. Definitely take a look at the resources that I've linked if this sounds interesting to you before you start it because there are some specific details that you need to follow. So by the fourth time writing about the worst thing that's ever happened to me, it was crazy because I could recite the events as if I was talking about how I brushed my teeth this morning. It didn't bring up the same emotional pain that I did on that first journaling session or other times that I had thought about it. Obviously, it was something that had been troubling me for the last like five years. So I worked through this crazy emotional pain in the span of four freaking days. Needless to say, I was impressed. Also, journaling like this, really digging into emotions, totally captured my attention. My lack of focus self could totally focus on this. I captured my attention for the whole 20 minutes each time. I played some music in the background and got really into it. I made sure to listen to music that I regularly listened to, so I didn't form any negative associations with what I was writing about. I also picked times when I wouldn't be disturbed and set a timer so I would know when it had been 20 minutes. It's too soon to tell how much this practice impacted my well-being, but it was so cool to see myself processing painful memories over an incredibly short amount of time. It's something I'll definitely be repeating again. Another goal I had for my break was to start reading Brave New World because I just have this gut feeling that I need to be reading classic science fiction. I started reading the actual book and found it so difficult to get through. Then I realized that since it's a classic, there's a bunch of audiobook versions uploaded to the internet. In the past, it's been hard for me to pay attention to audiobooks, and this is still true if I'm tired, but I came up with the perfect setup that keeps me focused, at least in the daytime. I sit in a rocking chair, which is basically a way to fidget with your whole body. You could, of course, do this with some fidget toys or even just stretching or walking, but the rocking chair was definitely a great purchase for this purpose. I then put on a heated eye mask. This has the twofold benefit of first relaxing my eyes, which are tired from screen use, and adding a layer of friction if I want to use my phone. Having to take the mask off before using it makes me think twice about whatever I picked up my phone to do. With this setup, I'm totally able to focus on the audio content and it's super relaxing. That is basically everything I did for this experiment. And I just wanna talk about how I feel coming out of it. It's very exciting to find different things to do that capture my attention. It's very difficult, but it was exciting when the journaling thing like really put me in flow state. And 
And I just think that overall, this is not really discussed enough. I see so many people talking about how they want to decrease their screen time, but what else are we going to do, you know? And I see people talking about how they want to study more, and I think that nobody is superhuman. We can't just go, 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 never take breaks. We have to find other things in life that are enjoyable, that bring us a lot of meaning and make us happy. And the internet is just, uh, or media and mindless scrolling, is just a really quick way to get a, a, a little a little bit of happiness points, you know? And I'm just trying to find areas of my life where I can get maybe some bigger chunks of happiness points, you know? Uh, and just thinking about like what, what I'm getting from the internet and which parts of it are working and which parts of it are just a simulation of what I'm actually looking for. Like, I think a lot of us scroll because we are wanting, for me, it was always to eavesdrop on other people because I just wanted to know what people thought. And that was actually a hint. Way back when I was younger, I didn't realize how much I liked conversation. I just knew that I liked reading people's opinions about stuff. And so that's an example of I'm getting a few happiness points based on this thing that I like, but I would be getting so many more happiness points if I took it if it was a two-way thing, if it was a, I don't want to say in real life because you can have conversations with people online too, but if it was a more high fidelity version of that very stripped down thing that I'm getting when I read Reddit comments, the high fidelity version that gives me so many more happiness points is actually having a conversation because it's reciprocal. You know, then you're having your opinions heard too. And and obviously, socializing is something that naturally makes a lot of people happy, um, even if you're an introvert, because I am a big introvert, but I still I still need my friends. So it's just something to think about, like, what kind of stripped down simulations are we getting from media and when is that appropriate and when is it more appropriate to get some more high fidelity versions of that activity? Did all of this stop me from scrolling? Not completely. I still watched a lot of content during this time. But did doing all this stuff fill a lot of my time and make me happy? Totally. Personally, I find external commitments like school to be much more motivating and time-consuming and keeps me from consuming a lot of mindless content. But having hobbies is an important part of life and definitely made my life feel more balanced. And it definitely does help to spend less time scrolling. I plan to continue exploring different projects and interests to make sure that my free time is not totally devoured by mindless content. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cyborg Repair Manual. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving it a five-star rating. That really helps me get the show off the ground and make more episodes.